up, everyone? Welcome to my corner of the internet. I'm your host, Ryan Kramer, and this is Crossover Commerce, presented by Ping Pong Payments, the leading global payments provider helping sellers keep more of their hard-earned money. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Crossover Commerce. I'm your host, Ryan Kramer, and this is my corner of the internet where I bring the best and brightest in the Amazon and e-commerce space. If you're new to the show, welcome. If you're watching live on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, uh, we appreciate you tuning, tuning in live and just interacting with us in the little bit of your moment of the day. If you're watching us or listening to us on your favorite platform or podcast destination, thanks for tuning in and downloading and listening to us at a later point. This is an interactive podcast, so if you do have a question or want to say hi to myself or our guests, always drop us a note, or if you want to later on and you don't catch us live, make sure we'll tag our guest to make sure they can point you in the right direction or just help you out in general. This is a, a giving podcast, if you will, so that's why we built it out. But uh, before we get started on episode 210, Crossover Commerce, as always, is presented by Ping Pong Payments. Ping Pong Payments is helping sellers keep more of their hard-earned money by sending or receiving funds internationally. That can be in the likes of if you're paying out suppliers or manufacturers. Hopefully, you got your goods before Chinese New Year, before um, that celebration happens if you're supplier manufacturers in China, or if you happen to be looking at different locales, maybe in 2022. If you're looking into uh, South America, Mexico, India, wherever you might be diversifying and working on your suppliers, we can help you out. Also, virtual assistants or employees internationally make it simplistic and don't pay those double fees or international fees that banks might be charging. Keep your money safe, secure, and um, uh, safe, secure, and also just save money in general with ping pong payments. It's free to sign up. Just go to usa.pingpongx.com forward slash podcast to be able to sign up for free today. And of course, check out all of our past episodes. Again, 210 episodes now that we've been doing this in the past year and a half or so. If you're new to the show, you know that we just squeeze our guests out of all the great information that they can uh, give us in that capacity. And today is no exception. We're going to be talking about someone who actually comes from the SaaS space and build out this amazing solution, um, a company called Prehook. And we're going to be talking with Gan Fukama of Prehook. He's the co-founder or the founder. I'm going to clarify that here in a second. He has been um, just a fantastic in terms of what I've been seeing, but we're going to be a co-founder. I looked at the, <laughs> cheated and looked at the bio real quick, but it's helping Shopify merchants um, help more of their data. And obviously in the, in the post iOS update of when data is really difficult to under, uh, to capture in terms of social or, um, any sort of marketing and advertising and collecting that data. Now is the time to start finding different unique and creative ways in order to start building your audience avatars and help them out, find what they're looking for. And we're going to be doing that by what we call today's episode, how to drive sales and engagement with E with an e-commerce quiz. Now, there's not going to be a test at the end of this. Don't worry if you're listening or watching. There's no test at the end of this. This is just to help you out. Get those A's in the likes of e-commerce. So without further ado, want to go ahead and bring on Gen of Prehook. Gen, thank you so much for coming on Crossover Commerce. Ryan, good morning. How are you doing? And thanks for having me. I'm super yeah. excited. Of course. Where are you, where are you actually from? We never uh, discussed this uh, pre-show. Um, yeah, I'm in, I'm in Austin, Texas. Uh, like everyone else, it seems like. Yeah, I mean, I'm a uh, 
an original Texan. I moved here four years ago. Ah, original <laughs> yeah, four years yeah, ago. Right. Got it. All right. Yeah. Let's see. Um, but yeah, I, I grew up in the East Coast in New York. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I was, I was actually born and raised in Texas. So uh, when I say originally, I was, I, I know what Texas was like before it got really cool and hip. So Austin, Texas, why, why the move there? I'm curious, just uh, for uh, any listener for, out there. For work. So, work. um, yeah, you know, we, we were, uh, Oh, jungle. Scout. That's right. That's yeah. They're, they're in Austin. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, in 2018 jungle scout was a fully remote company and, and, uh, maybe your audience knows jungle scout and probably viral launch from your background, but uh, jungle scout was an Amazon is an Amazon product research tool, Amazon seller tool. Uh, we were remote open a headquarters here. And so moved here, um, kind of like said, and seen Austin was still cool. Then, um, Tesla and, Apple, Google, Amazon, they've all kind of like added headcount here, but that's what brings me here. Nice. Well, the, the you guys were hit before, uh, you were cool before Tesla. Let's just say that. Well, let's <laughs> yeah. say you, you led the way there. No, that's really cool. Austin, great city. Um, lots of things happening in that regard. So big tech thing too. So um, your background is actually very unique. You actually spent many years in the SaaS space. Uh, we were talking about this pre-show uh, at Jungle Scout, which is one of the most fantastic, almost, I would say original software solutions that help e-commerce and Amazon sellers get started. Um, so I guess you were what VP of marketing there. Is that, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So I was, um, I joined in the fall of 2015. At that point, it was just a Chrome extension founder, Greg Mercer had, um, kind of built out a Chrome extension. And, um, when he was starting to build out a team to scale the, the company, I joined as the first marketer. So, um, at that point, I, it, yeah, we hadn't even launched a web app. And uh, so I, I led the marketing and, and I, I love working with Greg. Greg is, is an amazing marketer and I learned so much from him. And uh, probably one of the most important things is his uh, educational first, education first approach. And um, as you guys know, like selling on Amazon, e-commerce in general, there's just so many potential pitfalls and, and areas that could be uh, intimidating or confusing and, and just having a, a, a trustworthy person to kind of shed light and, and explain where there are challenges and how to get through them um, is great. So yeah, I, I learned a lot from my time at Jungle Scout and working with Greg. In, Amazing. In, yeah. Marketer awesome. number one, never an easy thing if you have to rely on yourself, but obviously um, they had some cool announcements too. I think recently, what, $100 million investment, lots of cool things that are happening with them. So Greg, if you're listening to this out there, congrats on all that success. I know he's uh, working hard over there. So software solution, very unique and different, helping beginner sellers, but something changed, right? What was kind of the inspiration to jump from that to the D to C platform? Again, very different, very unique, but now you built out something really cool on Prehook. Totally. Yeah. So Amazon is unique. As you know, it's it's very search oriented. You, you, you're kind of focus on an SEO play if you're looking for a blue widget for kids age three to seven. So your your listing is based around identifying that traffic or a paid ad of similar intent. Uh, but Shopify brands or e-commerce merchants who have their own standalone store have a very different challenge. And it's, it's multifold. First is to get the traffic there. But then once you're there, what problem are you solving for? And so this is something that we had realized um, I co-founded Prehook with two developers from uh, Jungle Scout. They were also part of the founding team. So we've worked together a long time, probably six years at the point when we started building out Jungle Scout, uh, or I'm sorry, Prehook. Um, but yeah, we, we were 
trying to help merchants figure out what problem they're trying to solve. Uh, and so if you think of what a merchant's job is, in-store, it's very easy. You can Somebody walks in the door, you can ask them a few questions. What are you looking for? What's your price point? What challenges are you trying to solve? What does success look like? Online, very different story because you have, even if you take a very simple product, let's say like a multivitamin, for example, people could be going to that store for that multivitamin for any number of reasons, whether it's for immunity or general health or uh, prenatal or whoever knows like what these problems are. But if you can just ask them a few questions, capture their email address, and then recommend the product, there are three main benefits that you get from that. One is improving the conversion rate, which is something that we really focus on. And, and that's just based on simplifying the buying process, removing some of the decision-making decisions that a buyer has to make in order to figure out what product makes sense. Uh, second is accelerating list growth. So in a quiz, um, usually there's an exchange of value, a quid pro quo. I'll give you some data and tell you about myself. In exchange, give me your, your contact information, whether that is an email or a phone number uh, for SMS. Um, and so it, the list, and this is even before iOS, it was always an, an asset, an evergreen asset that uh, you can always reach out directly to your consumers uh, or your, your potential leads. And now with the data from the quiz, you know some of the things that might be interesting so that you can send relevant and timely, compelling offers. And then the third benefit that we really focus on is gathering customer data, learning more about your customers. You might have heard the term zero-party data, which essentially means data that your customers willingly and proactively share with you. And when we started building Prehook in, in 2020, that was not really as much of a thing as it is today. And so there are some of the macro factors that you mentioned, whether it's iOS changes, making it harder for apps like Facebook to track your behavior around. So ad targeting becomes harder and therefore more expensive to third-party cookies being deprecated. Uh, so all of a sudden, merchants are having the onus of owning the relationship and learning more about their customers, as opposed to historically when it was far easier to run highly targeted specific ads and generate a, a high return on ad spend from that. So that's kind of like the, the macro climate that we're dealing with and uh, where merchants are finding value in simplifying the buying process, learning more about their customers and understanding how to get in touch with them. Absolutely. Well, the, this is kind of something new, and I didn't realize the actual ramifications of the iOS update. I actually switched over my phone this past weekend from Android to iOS. And now after downloading every single social media app and everything again, once again, logging in, iOS will prompt you and say, and again, if you're, <laughs> there's a big ray of sunshine coming through on my face, it's because it's always around 10 o'clock where this one has to happen right in oh, my yeah. face. So if I'm moving around a lot, it's to avoid this so I can stare at the screen. But um, prompting every single time, do you want to share it? Um, do you want to share any information with this platform? Do you want it? And it, it's in the guise of, again, both the social media platform will ask, hey, it's to help us keep us free. Like It's like the begging. Please give us your information so we can target ads towards you. And again, it's almost like a begging and please keep us profitable and all this other you know, marketing crap that you can shove down people's throats and say, oh, yeah, sure, no problem. I want targeted ads. Is it a bad thing? that people are protected in that regards now or on a marketing side people just need to get more creative like what what's the initial take when you heard all this again yeah you know i think 
I think it depends. There's a spectrum of how people view their data privacy. Um, one statistic that I find really compelling and interesting is that I think it's like Accenture did a study maybe three or four years ago about personalization, the state of personalization. And I think it's like 80% of consumers are willing to share private data if it means that they get a personalized, a better customer experience. And there are a lot of caveats there. If a brand, for example, falls short and is not able to do that, let's say that they're just sending out uh, one size fits all campaigns and, and email blasts to, to their list, that is uh, exactly what customers don't want. And that will lead to unsubscribes and, and uh, low ROI on communications, email, and SMS. Um, but I think if there's a value attached to the data, or if I can share something with you and get something in return, I think I would be far more willing to allow for uh, my behavior to be tracked. Um, and also I'd be willing to proactively share things. Um, so for me personally, yeah, I, I opted out because um, sometimes those ads get a little uh, pesky and annoying. Uh, but I think if you're a merchant and you can think about what your customers would find valuable and then offer that in exchange for uh, an email opt-in, uh, you can find ways to not be so negatively impacted by the iOS changes and the third-party changes and, and kind of wean off of um, the pay-to-play model. Absolutely. So yeah, PPC, things like that, where you're targeting, whether through Google or anything of that sort. Um, so in this regard, so tell me how pre like zero party data, we actually talked about this last episode, it's super important to garner and build out your customer base. Audience base is very important because building that LTV or the lifetime value of a customer, again, having them come back for one reason or another, you have services, you have products that you want them to come back with. But but you guys are, or if I'm understanding this correct, this is almost that customer journey at the beginning. I don't know what I'm looking for. I either got brought in by an ad, found it through the website. I don't want to be poking around and not find maybe what I'm looking for. So this is more of a targeted approach to funnel them quicker into relevant products or services. Very much. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. That That's exactly it. I mean, a, a quiz, the beauty of a quiz is it can be multifunctional in terms of like where in the customer life cycle you are. But uh, you were using the example of somebody who's kind of just getting familiar with a brand. So the quiz might be the paid landing page, or it could be in a hero image, like, hey, get started. So generally the way it, it works is you would, um, at a high level, you're, you're just asking a few simple questions, uh, kind of progressing from the easier questions like, hey, what's your name? Um, some basic information maybe like, uh, what, how old are you? Or, um, you know, there, there are many types of, but, but a dog brand, for example, like what's your breed and, uh, size, um, and then progressively getting a little bit more, uh, in intimate with the questions. Um, and then you're, you're getting an email address or a phone number, or you could front load it and then get the email or the SMS at the beginning. And then you're recommending a product. And so what that does is it, it basically makes it easier for um, customers to not have to do the thinking. And if you can simplify what that what the decision-making process is, what the potential anxieties or um, obstacles are, uh, then you can improve your conversion rate. I mean, ultimately, that's what conversion rate is, is, is just streamlining the process. Um, and so once you get a little bit more sophisticated, it can become more of a personalized and tailored experience like you might have if you were in a brick and mortar location. Like, um, hey, Ryan, you know, what, what 
are you trying to address in your health if it were a multivitamin brand, for example? Um, and then you can use some features like, for example, conditional logic, which is, okay, so Ryan is focused on his immunity. Um, let's tell him about how our product can address his challenges or fears around immunity. So you can do this in quiz, in the quiz. You can do it on site in terms of like, so you'd have the recommendation and it can be specifically around the challenges and the problems that you highlighted. Uh, and then maybe most compelling and importantly is you can do it on the back end in the email and SMS in the campaigns. So for example, if, if it were a multivitamin brand, you'd have a segment of um, people focus on their uh, strengthening their immune system. And then therefore the educational content, um, the, the way that the product is positioned would specifically be centered around those challenges that you have. So what you're getting on the cu customer experience end is something that's far more relevant and far more compelling and also timely. Like for example, if, you know, Austin, you might remember that the, the um, allergies are quite a thing and we're coming up towards allergy season. Um, you know, so that could be one thing um, where, yeah, it could trigger different events. But basically, the point is that you're able to uh, improve the relevancy, timeliness, and um, how compelling something is for you as an individual. Is this something that that would be unique every time someone comes back, where it, it could be triggered if I'm a repeat customer or if I'm just a first time customer? What, what's what's the journey ultimately help push the customer into? once they return back ultimately, hopefully to your website? Yeah, that's a good question. So if it were a follow-up, like if you'd already purchased, maybe that would be a post-purchase survey. So that's a, a great use case. There are specific apps built for the post-purchase survey, uh, but a classic question there, for example, is how did you hear about it? How did you hear about us? Um, so that's that's one where, okay, you, you look at your Google analytics and you might attribute X percent of conversions to organic. But if you actually look at what people are saying, that might be different than you know the attribution, whether it's first touch or last touch. Um, so it, it might add more clarity on subsequent purchases um, of in terms of um, source and medium of how you're getting sales. Another interesting way for repeat customers uh, or repeat purchases is brands that have subscription e-commerce businesses. So that might be like a subscri subscription wine brand like Wink, for example, uh, or Stitch Fix, where they'll ask upfront in a quiz, what preferences do you have? What style are you looking for? What, what are basic things like, uh, what's your sizing or how do you grind your coffee or, or do you like red or white wine? Uh, but then after the the uh, package has been received and you go through it, then there's an experiential quiz. What did you actually think about the products that you received? And then, I mean, these, these brands are, are incredibly sophisticated. Stitch Fix, for example, is essentially like a, a data science company, um, but they will kind of correlate the um, the after impression with the before. And, and so at that point, it kind of like becomes a little bit more about how to refine the packages or the products that are sent. Uh, which does play exactly into lifetime value. Uh, because if you're on a subscription or recurring package, recurring business, every single package that is sent out is so critical in the customer experience to continue to, to have that recurring revenue and not have the customer churn. Gotcha. 
So with with this automation, it makes me think of a couple of different ways. And I, I just want to understand too for maybe the audience who are thinking about this too. Like the likes of a mini chat where there's automation in the likes of that, but it's through social media, maybe through Messenger or something along those lines. How would this be just to understand and make sure that we can highlight the the differences and benefits of it? What, how would prehook be different to the likes of a mini chat or something where you can tie into a bot flow? Yeah. So the bot, that, that's a good question. In some ways it's, it's a little bit cosmetic because ultimately it's, it's interacting and you ask a question, I give an answer and then kind of like go through the flow. Um, so it's not that different on site. The user experience is different where, uh, many chat or intercom drift, for example, those are kind of like little widgets on the bottom right or bottom left of the screen. Uh, the quiz is a little bit more of like a front and center experience for uh, a direct-to-consumer brand uh, where it's like the sole focus. And we're not there to, uh, there is no option for live chat, okay. uh, which is a double-edged sword because sometimes it is nice to have a live chat. But um, So this also, is something when they get pointed to the website, this is the first thing they interact with and this is the only thing they can interact before they move on? Uh, well, not necessarily. I mean, they, okay. they could be, if, if it's a paid ad, for example, like, yeah, you want your, your user 100% focus on taking this quiz. Sure. Um, but we do have, uh, the quiz can be installed, you know, as a button in the hero image or in the header nav or the footer nav or um, a pop-up. Uh, so there are different ways that it can engage with a customer. Um, we do have uh, brands that use it as an exit intent, meaning once the user's, the, their mouse is going up to close out the window or go back, then the quiz can pop up like, hey, before you go. Um, and the, the benefit there is ultimately a lead gen play so that you can engage in that there's a strong enough hook, something compelling that would play to my curiosity like, oh yeah, maybe I should actually take this because I don't know what I'm looking for. Answer the few questions and then share an email address. For so what are, what are best... Uh best cases, like if the data that you guys are receiving, what are the preemptive ways that if I'm a direct to consumer company, these are trend true ways to make sure we can capture some data, if not all data, but it's the way that we can start at least building that customer avatar, if you will. Is there one or two or maybe three that you can share that you guys are seeing consistently of, hey, that was the, that was the quote unquote hook that got them to put in information? Oh, okay. So like, what would, why would somebody yeah. want to take it? Is, it? is it an offer? Is it more of a customization experience? Like what, what are those things? Why would, what's the most frequent way that people are taking these quizzes? Yeah. Uh, great question. I think personalized recommendation is, is one. Um, and that's like, Hey, just tell me what I need and why, uh, but make it easy for me. So that, that's a very common one. Um, another one is like, uh, kind of like categorizing based on personality, like what type of. So one example is beard brand. Uh, it's um, kind of like a, a beard product, men's grooming products, uh, actually based in Austin. And they're, one of their main quizzes um, is what type of beardsman are you? And so I think the way, the reason why that works is because it piques our curiosity. Uh, it's It can be fun. And then also it, maybe there's like, intrinsically some level of like human nature to be a part of a group. And I, I want to know which part I fall into. Um, but regardless, learning about like um, what type of kind of popularized by BuzzFeed and the times, you know, like years ago, but those, those are still very prevalent. Um, and then also just like 
uh, kind of related to product recommendation, like um, learning more about yourself. So one um, that I saw the other day is Modern Fertility. Um, it's a, it's a, uh, I think a fertility to help um, with fertility and the quiz on their hero images. Do you want kids one day? And so I, 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 I have kids, but I think it's a very profound hook because there's like, it makes you think and it makes you curious and you don't know what you don't know. And so I want to learn more about myself. And I think like that's where you as a, a, a merchant can position yourself as an authority and as an expert, which is, you know, Robert Cialdini, the, the author, marketing author and, and legend in many ways that he has his pillars of influence. And those are two of the most important ones, which is establish authority and establish your expertise. And then the customer will look to you when you tell them which product is right for them, they'll listen because you've established that. And so I think if you're able to understand what problems you're dealing with, take them through that journey, tell them how they can solve it. And then how the product that you're selling can bridge that gap of where they are and where they want to go. Then all of a sudden that that's a really powerful buyer trigger um, and, and to address the buyer psychology of, I want to be a better me and this brand will help me get there. This product will help me get there. Right. Well, obviously that the establishment of authority is, uh, is very important. I, I think it's going to help brands stand out and obviously it makes your brand more valuable to outside investors, or if you want to leave it one day, or even just the notion that if it empowers your ability to iterate and grow your product base or knowledge, or just, just the ways in which people are really searching for and what, and where they are in their buyer journey. Um, in the, in a world of like data and you can pull almost anything you really truly want to what, what's that fine line again of i want to capture data but i don't want to capture too much i don't want to be invasive but i want to be practical and uh proficient what are, what are those things that people feel welcome to handing over instead of what's your business or what's your address what's your zip code is it is that too personal or is that too invasive like what are those gray areas in that box, if you will, if we step outside of it, then we've lost that customer. Yeah, that's a great, great question. Um, some of that stuff, I mean, that's when we talk zero party data, zero party data, name and address, that's like first party data. And ultimately that would be a waste of a question. The way I think about it is every question essentially is like a bullet in the holster and you have limited shots before a customer says, you know, this is useless. This is a waste of my time. I'm out. And so I think you, you do want to be very thoughtful and deliberate about what you're asking and the progression of the questions that you're asking. Name and phone number, they're addressed. They're going to fill that out in the, um, the shipping address or the billing address. You don't need to get that in a quiz. Um, so that's considered kind of first party data that's, that's passively gathered. But I think what is important or, or how a brand might want to think about it is what, what would be helpful to give me myself the best chance to sell the product or to market to this person most effectively. And so one way to think about that is segmentation. What type of data would help me to uh, in improve the relevancy of the campaigns that I'm sending out? So uh, yeah, I, I think like if you if you consider or maybe they have, their segmentation program already and it's based on how much money they've spent like so a vip or a first-time customer or like a lead 
um, frequency monetization, RFM, that, that's kind of like a nice way to do it. But then if you layer on um, what problems they're solving for, I think that's a, a, a really um, compelling data point with which you can create segments around. Or maybe it's it's a persona, for example, if it's like um, uh, a, a mother, we have a, a toothbrush brand, for example, if they are selling to a parent or the customer is going to be a kid, um, that would dramatically change the marketing campaigns. Um, so to answer your question simply, I think if you think about what would be helpful in segmentation and then capture data points around that, and then you can use that to uh, to kind of like send some finely targeted emails and, and SMS campaigns. Um, that's great. Also, maybe what their end goal is. Right. So when, when the effectiveness of this, how are you... Is the achievement that something like a quiz would, what I guess, what would be a success if someone's utilizing a quiz, and where they're measuring the success in this? Whether it be yeah. is it, oh, is yeah. it capture the data? bottom line? I was going to say bottom line. Is that where you're really circling the bottom line, and that's that's really where it goes to, and that's the quote KPI that we're looking at. Yeah. So uh, I think that it, yeah, there there are three things one I, I should say top line like revenue um so how much revenue did the quiz generate and um that specifically based on the recommended product did the customer buy that product um and so so pre-hook tracks that um basically a 14-day attribution window they were recommended the product um did they purchase within 14 days um and so that's one way that you can very quantitatively know how much revenue is coming from the quiz or how helpful is it? The other is um, leads. Yeah, so um, both email and phone number. And the um, that again can be compared and quantified easily. So for example, say you get you know, 100,000 visitors to your site, 2% of those would opt in say on a regular pop-up, like, hey, join our newsletter or uh, drop in an email for 10% off. So you'd get 2,000, new leads a month well what if you had a quiz up there in the hero image or, or somewhere else and whether the hook is what's your recommended product or um, what type of buyer are you um, you can kind of figure out what the uh, the opt-in rate is of anybody who would engage with that and ultimately where you'd end up getting their uh, their contact information um, so we are working with brands that are seeing three to five x uh, higher engagement on um, on a quiz and gathering leads as opposed to say the two to five percent opt-in on a pop-up uh, so yeah you, you it's definitely worth a test to see um, how how much you're getting and then uh, kind of like the the harder the the third thing that's harder to quantify is the customer data like how much does that actually impact uh you know, the, the revenue that you're getting from your email or SMS. Um, but you could probably create segments on those who took the quiz and those who did not, you know, in, in Klaviyo or OmniSend, you know, whatever your email service provider is um, and see any delta there. Is there a way to, is it is it possible or do you see people incentivizing the, once they've reached your website, obviously that's the hardest part to do is um, from outside traffic. Is there incentivizations or call to actions that you say take quiz get free shipping or take quiz get 
10% off of your next order or something like that. Is there a call to action that you see successful or is it a B testing that you can do or none of those things that really create a lift? Yeah. I, well, I, so that's a great question because I do see, I, so I do see some brands that will offer free shipping or discount if you take the quiz. And I see many that don't because there's just maybe a, a compelling enough offer um, where they don't need to do that. Um, and so th that, that might be a whole other can of worms anyway, in terms of like discounting and its impact on brand equity and margin drain, who knows? Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's something that merits a test to see, okay, is it, is it better? Do we get a better, um, outcome even with a 10% discount in the quiz or, or not? Um, so yeah, it's hard for me to say definitively because I also don't always have the backend analytics that a merchant sees um, right. to make that decision. Makes sense. Well, I, I didn't know um, if there was more successor case studies in terms of, obviously that's the whole thing in marketing, right? What's the actual hook and what are you incentivizing people? Are you giving too much away? You don't want to leave money on the table, but then also you don't want to give it away when it's the intent is already there. So is this is this something to... How, how, how is a quiz going to help coexist with other marketing initiatives too? Like how would I, if I'm an Amazon seller, or I would say in this case, direct to consumer entrepreneur, how am I incorporating this with my other advertisements or promotions on a day-to-day, week-to-week -week basis? Yeah, that's a great question. So I, I think that they, by nature, coexist. And I think that they actually augment each other's efforts um and so what i mean by that is the the quiz can is data that you're capturing and so let's use an example um a common tech stack that we see is a shopify store and then they're using clavio or omnisend to power their communications email and sms the the merchant will capture the the quiz data so like i was saying that what interests you have or what preferences in size or color or or model um there will be a recommended product at the end. And so I, I can create segments of um, who gets what email with what offer included. But those segments can also be shared to different platforms. So um, the same segment that you have in Klaviyo or OmniSend for a, um, a person who likes a, a white toothbrush with a Daniel Tiger set, that, that same segment can be uh, synced to your YouTube, your your Google search, your um, Facebook ads, your Instagram. So it's becoming a um, kind of like a, a, it's propelling better segmentation in ad platforms. So what you're seeing is, and, and ads really, like there's a direct correlation of relevance and, and targeting to ROI. And so the quiz data is informing what data you have to um, to segment around. And so it's, it's kind of like creating a more cohesive omni-channel customer experience. That's amazing. What about, is there, is there something where in the, in this kind of day and age, is there something as, Hey, this is something that more AB test or like what's a, what's a great way to start this? Like not to immerse and overwhelm, but to almost like half step it into the integration of your website because if you have customers continuously coming back do you want to serve them a quiz every single time do you want to like push it out every every moment that someone's achieving like where, where's that where's that fine line if you will again i'm 
for everyone who's listening, they're going to say, do I hit them up every single time or do it? Can I manage that? How does that work? Yeah. So do I hit them up every time? Well, so it, it might be like on a, on a Shopify site, it'll be like the best sellers in the hero image and it'll always be the best sellers and it could, um, yeah. So I, I think there's, there's that like user experience part that's like, okay, how, how much am I catering towards first time visitors versus returning visitors or returning customers? Um, and yeah, that, that's a little bit harder to control because that, that might get to the point of like personalization um, of a website experience. Um, but to address your question of what's an easy way to start with a quiz, um, I think it, it really might just be, okay, let's think about what data points would be helpful for for our campaigns, our email, SMS, paid ad campaigns. What, what do we need to learn more about our customers um, and and therefore like ask it. And it, it can be like a very short three to five question quiz. Um, what what channel do we want to focus on? What list do we want to build? So that's, you know, email, SMS. By the way, we also uh, support crypto wallet addresses, which is kind of like an, a new cool feature that uh, I'm super excited about. Uh, and then recommend a product, like what, what product matches to which quiz responses. And so that's basically the framework of setting it up. Uh, and then you integrate with your your email service providers or your SMS. Um, and then from there, you can just like run it for a month, two weeks. Um, do we get a higher opt-in rate for our list? Uh, do we actually see an ROI on somebody who takes a quiz as opposed to somebody who doesn't? Um, in Google Analytics, you can get more granular, um, you know, segment out those who take the quiz. What does the average order value look like? Is it higher? Because, you know, in a quiz, you can include the upsell and cross-sell. Um, is, in, in, is a conversion rate higher for those who take the quiz or not? Um, and that doesn't necessarily come through in, in our analytics. Our analytics is basically just revenue contributed. Um, but you, So you can see that in Google Analytics. Um, and then also maybe on the email part, and we kind of touched on this earlier, are those that go through a post-quiz automation, do they have a higher conversion rate maybe because of the data that you're using to segment. So um, yeah, ultimately I think it's it's a relatively low risk test set to set up and it can be done in a day, you know, building it, building it out. Uh, and of course, if you're on Shopify, um, I'd love to help, you know, build it out, share ideas. You don't even need to use prehook, but um, I've gone through um, thousands of quizzes at this point. Uh, <laughs> so I, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, fairly familiar with them. Absolutely. Well, the other thing, and I, I also thought about this too, if people are implementing this in the customer service journey of why are you here? Like, what, like what, what can we help you with? And again, I also, when I think of a quiz, you know, obviously it's just, uh, you're, you're, you, the person taking the quiz is supposed to have the answers, which in theory, this is true, but on the customer service aspect of maybe of this is how you catch problems before something else ha happens right on the amazon side of things it's almost very it's very difficult to understand where the problems might occur at a quick pace it could be in your reviews it could be in your customer service or through amazon returns anything like that but that could be weeks if not months as a tail um that you that you actually catch it this can be almost a sort of automation where it might be hey there's a lot of breakage for skew xyz or product xyz is broken consistently maybe does it like trigger any sort of alerts or notifications or anything like that or can you tie it to that with prehook 
So it sounds like that might be more of like a post-purchase. Yeah, post-purchase or if they came to your website and they go to customer service, clearly there is either a problem or an issue. So if I were to say like, why are you here? Issue with product or a question about warranty or something like that, where it kind of ducktails into how do I push them into, hey, call us right here on our customer service line or here's how you get a free new product or uh, even put in your information of, Hey, my product came broken. Um, like you said, the beard oil that we were talking about earlier, maybe that bottle came broken in the package or something mm. like that. Then all of a sudden taking those data points of, Hey, this customer said in this regards, instead of them interacting with one of my reps, maybe this is something that I can like, uh, like going down these different paths. I can have, have them sent out a brand new product if it's broken or free or something like that for the first time they come, or if it's a repeat customer then you can understand like, hey, those batches, they weren't packaged correctly and we can tie it back to, I mean, I'm getting super detailed here, but is that something where it can tie into the product uh, journey as well as maybe issues or um, customer service, you know? Yeah, yeah, it, it can, it definitely can. Um, most of our customers though, do use it pre-purchase. Uh, so use a quiz for finding the right product or, gathering in uh, contact info recommending a pro yeah recommending a product and customer info what you're talking about though can certainly be done uh, with a quiz with our quiz and and i think one of the main features that you'd want to look for if you're evaluating that as an option is conditional logic right if they're looking for um talking to somebody then take them here if they're looking for um just uh, reference docs help docs then take them there. So yeah, that that's something that you want to um, think about. But you know, to be frank, for customer service, I think that there are some bells and whistles that are maybe more specifically designed for it. Um, for DTC, it might be like a Gorgeous, for example, or Zendesk. Um, gotcha. That, yeah, uh, and then also maybe you want that live chat element as well. Sure. Yeah. Uh, this is something almost like applicable nature of hey, maybe. Maybe this is something that ties into those ecosystems of I can understand a little bit quicker or I can understand why people are even attempting to reach out and, and start that. But like you said, just want to if there's another segment out there, I'm going to find it for you. again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so one, one thing that is related and is very useful and interesting is doing product research. So um, not product research in the terms of viral launch and jungle scout, but like product development and then understanding a little bit more about what your customers are looking for um, and weighing this uh, different options. Uh, one great example is uh, Third Love and Heidi Zach. So that's kind of a, a direct-to-consumer lingerie brand uh, for women's lingerie. The main goal is just to make it easier to, uh, to purchase lingerie online. Uh, and a quiz is kind of like at the centerpiece of it because a fit quiz can be uh, a great use case of a quiz and then also a, a necessary step in the customer journey because understanding online uh, what what the right fit is is far harder than going in person trying it on and stuff but nobody necessarily wants to do that um, so the CEO Heidi Zach was running a quiz um, I think like 13 million people took it and so she had tens of millions of data points of that was able to identify that fit was not was always an issue and actually, it wasn't even just like the fit itself, but half sizes was an opportunity. Um, so from that, from the structured data of a quiz, 
she was able to identify that there was an opportunity and a, and a gap in the market, started building it out. And that's now one of their competitive advantages in differentiators or was um, that they have half sizes in bras. Um, so I think if you're able to at scale gather data and it's structured in a way that's easy to identify as opposed to support tickets where you're kind of like having to sift through what the text is and, and identify the customer sentiment. If it's kind of multiple choice and you know what people are looking for, you can know which which flavor of cereal would be a great one that has pre-existing demand or which um, where there are existing challenges. So um, yeah, you're, you're touching on a great point there. Yeah, I was going to say uh, maybe even going into the, again, if you're thinking about just preemptively trying to think, hey, this, is this something by Nisol? Are you looking for different colors? What what else would it, might be missing um, if you thought like A, B, or C would go with this? Which one would find more useful if it was part of a bundle? Again, that iteration of product development and you know uh, that journey, I think it's really cool and fascinating how to embed that. Like you said, doing it through email or SMS or even on site, I think that's very fascinating post-purchase um, with that. So again, I know we're already at the top of the hour. Um, what, what's kind of like that 2022 journey for you guys? And then um, maybe like what's the first thing and major thing you guys are focusing on and what's that way that people can uh, connect with you guys and uh, if they want to learn more information? Yeah, totally. Um, so we just launched um, our Attentive integration. So Attentive is one of the leading SMS platforms for DTC brands. Um, so that's really exciting. Uh, and then, you know, to be honest, we're, we're kind of shifting a little bit towards Web3 uh, NFTs. So uh, the first step was that we'd allow brands to capture crypto wallets, wallet addresses. What do you do with that? You can uh, airdrop things. And so a whole other topic, and, and I'm sure you might have episodes upcoming on it, but um, I think like that's a huge opportunity for where Web3, the, the notion of owning digital assets, um, is we're barely scratching the surface of that as it applies to consumer brands. Uh, so we're seeing some bigger ones do it with like Nike and Adidas, Under Armour, Fendi. Um, but... As, as we kind of and Shopify, by the way, is is kind of like in their beta test. Shopify Plus brands can now mint and distribute NFTs. Um, but yeah, that there's a whole lot there, and we're starting to explore that um, because we think that there are a lot of great applications in terms of uh, customer loyalty or um, community gated access, pre-sales, all these things that Web three enables press the wrong button here. Uh, that's fantastic. I, I think that's something that people are constantly trying to keep up to date and support again, just, just in the notion of what customers are looking for and how to best serve them, I think is really cool. Um, best way for people to connect with you or, get, or reach out to the team there? Yeah, that's right. So uh, my name is Gen, uh, G-E-N at prehook.com or uh, on Twitter, it's Gen Furukawa. Um, find me or, or search for pre but yeah, I would love to connect, love to uh, help in any way possible. It's just to bat around ideas or, or help building out a quiz, get you integrated or set up with email. I, I really uh, take pride in helping uh, make the most out of quizzes. And I think uh, merchants that do um, find a lot of value and it's not just kind of like the short-term boost of revenue, but the long-term benefit of learning more about your customers, owning that data and owning that list. 
That's fantastic, man. Well, thank you so much for hopping on Crossover Commerce today. I always finish every episode and saying, hey, now you're a friend of the show. If you can make it an hour with me now, I, I consider <laughs> you a friend. And uh, no one's left yet, so that that's good. I guess I have 200 plus friends in the e-commerce world but because of that. But haven't scared anyone away, but I appreciate your time uh, from Austin and kind of educating people in the terms of, again, marketing has changed all of a sudden because of technology. It's it's going to be fascinating, but trying to stay ahead and trying to build out that value chain for your brands and business. Super cool with companies like you. So thanks so much for sharing some time with us today in my corner of the internet. Thank you so much, Ryan. Thanks, everyone. Thanks again. And thank you, everyone else. Again, who is joining us live on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Twitter. Um, I appreciate it. This is episode 210 of Crossover Commerce, where I bring the best and brands in the Amazon and e-commerce space, as you heard from again at Prehook. Lots to unpack there. If you happen to need to rewatch again, if you're watching this live, or if you are uh, wanting to wait for a listen, again, go to usa.pingpongx.com forward slash podcast for all of our past episodes. But then you can catch them also on our uh, LinkedIn and Facebook slash YouTube pages um, as well. Follow me on all the social channels. Just search for Ryan Kramer or look for Crossover Commerce in that regards for future episodes because we got a lot of great content. Again, 200. We start into the year 200. Now we've already got 10 episodes under our belt and it's only the 25th. So not too shabby to start off 2022. That being said, I'm Ryan Kramer. This is Crossover Commerce. We'll catch you guys next time on another episode. Take care.